0: There is somebody in your life right now that you need to forgive, or at least there's somebody in your life right now that you need to take the next step in the process of forgiving them. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this whole one another concept of how in the way of Jesus, we are to treat each other. And we've been asking and answering the question, What does love require of me? What does love require of me? We usually have a pretty good idea of what love requires of other people, but what does love require of me? And if we ask this question and answer this question, we will be amazed the difference it'll make. And that's what this one another series is about. And today, you've you've already figured this out. We're talking about forgiving one another. Because that is what love requires of us. It just does. It requires it of me, of you, is that we forgive each other in our family, with our marriages, with our siblings, our parents, our children. I mean, if you're going to have a family at all, you're going to have to forgive. With our friendships, at the job, with your coworkers. If you're going to have relationships, just about with anybody, you're going to have to figure out what this looks like to forgive. And immediately, you're probably thinking of scenarios. You're playing scenarios in your mind. That thing they did, that moment that happened, what they said, that thing that happened five years ago, 10 years ago, five weeks ago, or maybe (laughs) five minutes ago. Yesterday. You know, that issue, that thing, that argument, that what they did, what they didn't do, Or maybe something you did. You're already thinking of those scenarios. Let me tell you why you should listen today. I know you got a lot on your mind. I know there's a lot going on. It's Father's Day weekend. Let me tell you why you need to listen. You need to listen because you and I need this. You need to listen because At some point in your life, if not right now in this very moment, whether you're a Christian or non-Christian, you're going to wrestle with this. Now, if you're a Christian, this whole forgiving each other, as we will see, is kind of required material for us. We don't, it's really not optional. This is just the way it is (laughs) in the community of Jesus. This is, this is the way we live. But even if you're not a Christian, here's good news for you. You don't have to follow Jesus in order to benefit from forgiveness. While you're kicking the tires on this whole, I don't know if I believe in Jesus, I don't know about this whole God church thing, or I don't don't know, hey, I invite you to try out in your own life what we're going to talk about in the next few minutes, and you might be surprised how transformational it is in your life, and it also might intrigue you to what else God has to say that will impact your life. So this stuff all of us need, I, I could talk about that we need to listen because you know God commands this. I can talk about how impactful forgiveness is, how life-changing it is, how it brings joy and freedom and healing to relationships. I can talk about, hey, it's Father's Day weekend and dad's one of the greatest gifts you could ever give your kids is to forgive them and teach them how to forgive each other and model it for them. But let me just boil it down to this. Here's why you need to listen because forgiveness is necessary for healthy relationships. It's kind of a big thing to say, right? But let me put it to you like this. You're a sinner. You're a big old sinner. Do you know that? Surprise! Happy Father's Day. Yeah, you screw up. And here's the deal. Every person that you have a relationship with is also a sinner. And they also screw up. So, so if you're going to have a relationship as a human being with any other human being, your only option is a relationship with another sinner. And so the truth is, when one sinner has a relationship with another sinner, when one screw-up has a relationship with another screw-up, so to speak, it's going to get hairy. It's going to get messy. And if you're going to have a healthy relationship at all with, like, anybody... You're going to have to learn forgiveness, and you're going to have to get good at forgiving. Now, I understand that talking about forgiveness is like level 10 kind of stuff. It's like living at level 10, and so many times we kind of like to live at level 2 and level 3, and we talk about the weather, and we talk about sports, and we talk about politics, and we talk about the things that we can talk about and get all worked up over but doesn't really impact our lives, you know? When you talk about forgiveness, that is level 10 stuff. And so a lot of times we just want to tap out. I'm done. I don't want to talk about that. But guys, we've got to talk about this. Healthy relationships require it. And if you're one of those cut and run kind of people, you need to listen. Cut and run. I, I just made that up. I don't, I don't know if that's an official phrase. It is now. Cut and run. The kind of people that when you get into a point of relationship with someone And as soon as that relationship gets to the point where forgiveness needs to be given or asked for, you bail. You cut and run. And you know you're a cut and run person if you have a long list of used-to-bes. You know what I'm saying? Used-to-bes. You listen to people talk. Oh, yeah, me and her, we used to be close. We, I used to be close with them, I used to be close with them, we used to be friends, we used to get along, we used to do things together, we used to be, you know, we used to, we used to. If you have a long list or a good sized list of used to be's in your life, you need to listen to this because you've got an issue with forgiveness. It's hard, isn't it? And we just choose not to do it. We choose not to do it. Well, we talk about it and all that kind of stuff. We choose not to do it. I was thinking, why don't we forgive? Why don't we forgive? I think for a lot of us, it, we just don't know how. You assume people know how, but if it wasn't modeled for you in your family of origins growing up, you may not know how to forgive. And we hope to help you with that today. Maybe you grew up in a family where crap happened and nobody ever talked about it. I mean, there was yelling, there was screaming, there were throwing of things, maybe throwing of people and, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just nasty, and then all of a sudden, once everybody got it out of their system, it just disappeared, and nobody talked about it anymore, and maybe there's this, this issue and these series of issues in your family that when people get together, you just don't talk about it, but we all know it's there, and you've never had forgiveness modeled for you. You just don't know how. Well, hopefully today, we'll help you with this, and another reason we don't forgive is we like leverage, I'm just really, really honest here. We like leverage, and some of you don't forgive because you want something to bring back up when you need to use it. You want to have something in your hip pocket that you can bring out and just, see, remember that? Remember that? You want to use it for power. You want to use it for leverage. You want to bring it back up over and over and over again because you think it will give you some kind of an advantage in a relationship. You need to listen to this. While we're being honest, another reason we don't forgive is we want them to pay, He said, well, not me. I love people. You liar. (laughs) You ain't been hurt. You ain't been hurt deep enough. You get hurt just right. And everything within you, I mean, even if you're just a big Jesus person, you pray that God will get them, but you you want them to get what's coming to them, right? I mean, it's just human nature. You want them to pay. And so we withhold forgiveness because we think in some way we can make them pay. But here's the deal. There are some hurts that can never be repaid. In fact, I would say most hurts can never truly be repaid. They can't go back and do it again. They can't go back and do it over. You don't get a redo. You don't get an undo. You can't really pay someone back if you've really hurt them. If you could pay them back, then forgiveness wouldn't be necessary. We'd be even, right? We'd be good. I mean, if there was a button you can hit, It was all good, all done. I forgot. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even feel that anymore. No, see, that button doesn't exist. That's why you've got to forgive. That's why you've got to learn how to forgive. That's why forgiveness is so pivotal, because we want them to pay. And to be quite honest, that's God's territory. And it's hard. We don't like to do hard things. It's messy, it's exhausting, it's exposing, and it takes time. So hard. But here's what you need to know the price that you pay for forgiving someone is never as great as the price you will pay for not forgiving them. The cost involved in forgiving someone can be costly. But it is much more costly to harbor an unforgiving attitude, an unforgiving heart, an unforgiving behavior to that same person. Because the grudges you carry, the bitterness that builds, the avoidance, the anxiety, it will eventually eat you alive. So we got to get this right. Let's begin by quick definition in case this, this might help you. To forgive is to cancel the debt, not to stop talking about it, just, you know, no, we're not going to go there. No, it's to actually cancel the debt. It's to engage it, not to pretend it doesn't exist. No, it's to engage it by canceling the debt, absorbing the debt, releasing them, you could say. But here's the cool thing. It's a two-sided coin. You cancel the debt for them and you cancel the debt for yourself. You're releasing them and you release yourself when you forgive see forgiveness is not just about the other person it's about you as well so when you cancel the debt it releases them from what they owe you because of what they did to you and what they said to you and it releases you from the debt of them being indebted to you because of what they did to you because of what they said to you that's why it's so freeing to absorb the debt on yourself That's exactly and precisely what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ gave his life 2,000 years ago for the sins of the world, hanging on a cross, what he was doing was absorbing the debt of my sin and absorbing the debt of your sin and absorbing the debt of every sin that has ever been created, past, present, and future. Taking it on himself. We've been forgiven. The debt of our sin has been absorbed. And so the question really for you and I begins with, are we willing to receive the forgiveness that God has offered us through Jesus? And then are we willing to learn how to extend that kind of forgiveness to each other? Again, if you're a Christian, you don't have a choice. And if you're not a Christian, it'll work for you too. Old Testament, New Testament, all throughout the scriptures, the theme of forgiveness is so common. Let me just show you a couple places, though, in the New Testament, as the Apostle Paul in the first century is writing to a group of Christians. And I'm going to show you two places. He writes to a group of Christians in Ephesus and then says something very similar to a group of Christians in Colossae. But this applies to everybody, Christian or not, just like I've said. But look at this, what he writes. Get rid of all bitterness. And he's going to list all of the reasons why we would not forgive someone. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Get rid of it. Instead, be kind to each other. Tenderhearted, here we go, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. See, he just didn't leave it with forgive one another, he qualified it, he gave it a context just like you've been forgiven. Not just like you've been forgiven by that person or that person or that person over there. No, just like you've been forgiven by God himself through Jesus Christ. You forgive because you've been forgiven. And then he says something very similar to a group of Christians in Colossae when he says, make allowance for each other's faults, create room for the mess, create space for the the need to forgive them because they're going to need it. Make allowance for each other's faults. Go ahead and plan for it and forgive anyone who offends you. Watch this. Remember, the Lord forgave you. There it is again. You and I have been forgiven more than we can imagine. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So, you must forgive others. Notice what he did not say. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you might want to pray about. Mm -mm. So you might want to consider forgiving. No. So, So you might want to, you know, wait for the feeling to hit you. And when the feeling is right and the moment is right, and if their apology is sincere enough, and if you're in the right mood, no. So you Must forgive. Why? Simply because you've been forgiven. So here's the deal. If God is willing to forgive you and God is willing to forgive me and he knows all the dirt on us, all of it, you think you know why you need to forgive them, why they need forgiving, but God knows so much more about their crap than you know. You think you know you? No, God knows the parts of you that you don't know. God knows everything. And if God who knows everything about us and can zap us Just like that. God could vaporize us with a thought. Now, I'm glad he's not that kind of God. But he could. He has the power. And because God knows everything about us, and he can zap us, and yet he still chooses to forgive? I mean, he's the one that has the most reasons to not. And yet he does. And through Jesus, we see that. Then who are you and I to withhold forgiveness from anyone? One of the greatest acts of arrogance is for a forgiven person to be unforgiving to another person who needs forgiveness. One of the greatest acts of, are you kidding me? Who do you think you are? You've been forgiven more than you can imagine, and yet you won't forgive them. And yes, I know this is layered. I get it. I know that forgiveness is easier in the small things, like when someone's taken the last of the ice cream and they put the empty carton back into the freezer. So when you go to the freezer, you think ice cream and you open it and It's a small thing, but it can get you kicked out of a family. (laughs) Depends on how much you like ice cream, right? But even as heinous as that is, we can forgive that. Let's go buy some more ice cream. And specifically, if you're the one that put it empty, you should have to buy it. But then when you're talking about the deeper stuff, the deeper hurts, The bigger wounds, the soul, deep, heart, level, stuff. Forgiveness is harder, isn't it? And listen, I don't know what happened to you. I can't know all the scenarios. And I know you may be sitting there thinking, "But if you knew, if you knew, if you only understood, you're right." If I knew, I don't. I don't know. But I don't have to know your scenario to tell you this and to help give you some guidance, based on because we're told we must forgive, just like we've been forgiven. But I think this will help. To understand that forgiveness is both a decision and it's a process. Listen, when when I began to clue into this years ago, and I'm I'm still processing this, okay, because it's a process. But when I began to learn this, it absolutely set me free at a level that I've never been before. That forgiveness is both a decision and it's a process, for the Christian, for the non-Christian, it's just true. Let's talk about this decision part of it. Forgiveness begins as a decision. A willful choice. I will forgive you. I will forgive them. I am choosing to cancel the debt. I am choosing to absorb the debt. I am choosing to release them from what they did to me and to release myself from what they did to me and what they said to me. I am making the decision. You see, this decision is an act of love. And it's got nothing to do with feelings. Now just hang with me. Because often we don't ask forgiveness and we don't grant forgiveness until we feel a certain way. Right? That's how us human beings do it. But see, this is a decision. It's an act of love that's not necessarily based on feelings. Now, I'm not saying your feelings are not significant, and I'm not saying they're not important, and I'm not saying you should disregard your feelings altogether. Your feelings are a part of you. But if you wait for your feelings to come around before you forgive someone, before you release them and cancel the debt, you may never get there. I hear people say this all the time. Maybe you've said it. Well, pastor, I love them, but I just can't forgive them. That statement is an impossible statement. It's not true. It can't happen. You can't love someone and then choose not to forgive them because forgiving them is an act of love. Now, I'm not saying you guys got to be all chummy. I'm not saying you have to be BFFs all of a sudden. But choosing to forgive them is an act of love. Peter was one of Jesus' closest followers in and as a disciple, um, he did a lot of crazy stuff and he said a lot of crazy things. I love Peter because he's so honest. I love Peter probably because I can relate a lot to his, um, his personality and the way he thinks. But Peter was all the time saying stuff that, you know, people around him are like, oh, I can't believe he just said that. I can't believe he just did that. And Jesus was all the time cleaning up messes that Peter made with his mouth and with his actions. And, and Jesus loved Peter so much. And Peter had done a lot in his life that needed to be forgiven. I mean, a lot. And, and some of it was big, big hairy stuff. And so later on in the first century, when Peter is leading in the church, in the first century church, he writes to a group of Christians something that had to have been very personal for him because of all the junk that he had done, all the stuff he'd put Jesus through. And this is what he writes, we find in First Peter. Most important of all, Continue to show deep love for each other, Peter says. Why? Love each other deeply, for love covers a multitude of sins. Peter knows. He's like, I know. I I know. (laughs) I've done a lot that needs forgiving. And I'm just telling you, when you love someone deeply, it covers a multitude of sins. He's talking about forgiveness there. It's an act of love. And, let's be real honest, it's risky. Forgiving someone is one of the riskiest things you will ever do. You know why? Because it opens you back up to be hurt again. Which is interesting. Oftentimes we think, if I don't forgive them, then I won't be hurt. How's that working for you? Has any unforgiving, unforgiving attitude ever protected you, really? No. We think. That if I don't forgive them, then, I, then they can't hurt me again. Well, yes, they can hurt you again. They can do the very same thing to you all over again. Because you forgiving them or not forgiving them, this part of it has to do with you. Whether or not you are will, willing to release them and absorb the debt to release yourself from what they did to you. It's risky. Because if you forgive them, truly cancel the debt, and they don't owe you anymore. It's going to hurt really bad if it happens again or something else goes down. It's risky. But here's the truth. That's just love, y'all. That's why it's an act of love. Love is risky. And if you want love without risk, you don't have love. You cannot love without risk. You know what love without risk is? Love without risk is just a simple arrangement between two people. That's why prenuptial agreements in marriage, you know, before marriages, that's why those things are stupid. Do you know what prenuptial agreements are all about? Minimizing the risk on love, which isn't love, right? Aren't prenups romantic? <laughs> no. You know what prenups are? They're like, hey, all right, this is what's going to happen when, if this goes bad, I'm looking out for me. If this goes bad, this, 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 and this, 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 and this. You know, that's, that's not love. That's minimizing risk. You might want to minimize risk in a business agreement, in a business deal, but there's no minimizing risk in love. Love, the greater you love, the greater the risk. It's an act of love that's risky, it's a choice you make. Now, I'm not talking about being foolish. Sometimes there's boundaries that need to be put in place. You need to choose wisdom. So we're going to talk about that because that's part of the process. Let's talk about the process because it's both a decision and a process. It's a decision that you make and a process that you begin the journey of. And it does involve wisdom and consequences. Don't assume just because you've forgiven someone or asked their forgiveness and forgiveness is given or granted or received that there are no consequences to actions. There's absolutely consequences to action. Forgiveness doesn't negate consequences. Not all the time. Sometimes there are boundaries that need to be put in place in the process. The, the process involves trust again, healing, patience, being willing to change and grow and try again. That's part of the process. The icky, sticky, messy process. And I, I hear people say this I tried. I tried. Now, there are some legitimate situations where people have greatly tried. But most of the time, when people say, I tried, they're bailing on the process prematurely. We're looking for a way to be able to check the box. And because it's not going well and it's not easy to say, well, I tried. We tried. We tried. We just, we just can't be together. We tried. I tried. Really? Or are you cutting and running? And you're adding to your used to be list because you won't engage the messy process that involves lots of conversations and lots of time and maybe lots of counseling, which could mean lots of money to go through the process because it's both a decision and a process. So some of you have someone in your life that you simply need to make the decision to forgive them. That's what you need to do today. And others of you need to take the next step in the messy process of forgiving them, which means some of you, you've made the decision to forgive them. Now you need to have a conversation. That's the next step in the process. Maybe the next step in the process for you is to remind yourself that you have made the decision to forgive them. A lot of times, you know, I feel that, you know, I forgive you. And 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 then, you know, things get heated and you gotta remind yourself because the memories come up and it replays it's what they did, what they said, what they did, what they said. It plays over and over and over again. You have to remind yourself that you forgave them. Oh, wait a second. I forgave them, I canceled the debt, I released them from this, and I released myself from it. That's a part of the process. Maybe the next step in the process for you is to get counseling, or to trust them again, or to make some changes, or to try again. I hear you, Pastor Jonathan. But what if they're not sorry enough? What if they're not sorry enough? Right? Because I can tell they don't mean it. I can tell he's not sincere. All right, here's the deal. Sincerity is important. And in healthy relationships, you want there to be some sincerity there, especially when forgiveness is being asked for and forgiveness is being granted. But you do not have to wait for their apology to be perfect in order for you to forgive them. In fact, God's command to me and you is to forgive. And that command to forgive is not based upon the quality of their apology. It's not based upon the quality of how good they said it, or if they cried, or if they held your hand, or you know, and listen, I'm not I'm not bypassing sincerity. Okay? Forgiveness should not be flippant. You take it seriously. But a lot of times we're just waiting. I bet they don't really get it. I bet they don't really mean it. Deep down. Deep down, he's just wanting to move on. And I want to talk about it a lot. Right? Pastor, what what if they don't ask? Aha! Ha <laughs> ha! If they don't ask me to forgive them, I don't have to forgive them. I get a pass, right? I mean, if if they don't ask me to forgive them, then I don't have to forgive them, right? No. It's not based upon whether or not they ask you. Now, ideally, it would be great if there was a conversation. But you can forgive someone and cancel their debt without them even knowing you canceled the debt. Without them even knowing that they owe you. Now, ideally, it'd be great to have a conversation. And maybe that can be how you start the conversation. Hey, I forgive you. For what? And <laughs> that can get odd, but have fun, right? You make the choice to enter the process to forgive them. Why? Because it's what love requires of me and you to make the decision, take the next step in the process. Hey, here's here's something to to just dwell on. Just. Think about this today. It could be that your participation in the process of forgiving someone is the last obstacle to be removed before that person in your life takes their next step towards God. It could be that the last thing that's holding them back is you looking to them and saying, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And when you ask for their forgiveness, it will open up their heart to not just you, but they will open up their hearts to God because that's their hang up. They've been waiting and wondering why you as a follower of Jesus have not asked them to forgive you. Or it could be you've been withholding forgiveness and you looking them face to face or communicating with them. I release you from this. I cancel the debt. I forgive you. You no longer owe me for what you did to me is the last obstacle that needs to be removed from them opening their life, opening their heart up to what God wants to do in their life. For them to receive what Jesus has done for them. Speaking of what Jesus has done for us, here's what King David wrote thousands of years ago about God. And Jesus hadn't even died on the cross yet. This is powerful. He has removed our sins. As far from us as the east is from the west. That's a long way. How far is that? Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. As far as the east is from the west. You know what that means? That means when God forgives you, it's no longer an issue, dude. It's settled. It's done. And that's what God did for us through Jesus Christ. And if he will forgive us that much, who are we? not do the same for each other. Years ago, my wife and Donna and I were having a, a conversation about forgiveness. We were going through something where someone very close to us had, had deeply hurt us. And we were talking about the struggle of forgiveness. And, you know, we've made the decision because sometimes you make the decision because you know you're supposed to, right? And that's okay. It's an okay place to start. Now you've got to grow past that, okay, into the process um, because, you know, your feelings are raw and, okay, I- I'll forgive you, but I don't want to right and sometimes it starts just that raw and and that was some of my feelings and and i was sharing that with donna and and we were talking about it and she said this about forgiveness and i she said it i wrote it down i thought it was amazing my wife is so smart and pretty i mean gosh so she says she says you know i i guess i guess forgiveness is like an unexplainable grace just an unexplainable grace i'm like yeah it is because it doesn't make any sense why you would forgive someone that owes you and how it can be so healing and therapeutic for your soul. It's an unexplainable grace, and you and I have received the unexplainable grace of forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Maybe today that's the decision you need to make is to receive the unexplainable grace of God through Jesus Christ, his forgiveness. And then you and I need to extend that to each other I, I got to tell you this because this, this is just so so cool you, you may have heard of a guy named Bob Goff he was an author and a businessman and a speaker just fantastic guy I love listening to him he tells the story of when his daughter was born he wrote a letter to his daughter when she was a baby and she he, he put the letter in a jar and buried it in the backyard and this is what the letter said The letter says, I forgive you for crashing the car. And he buried the sucker. Fast forward 17 years. Guess what happened? She crashed the car. I get it. (laughs) I've been there. I wish I would have thought of this. I could have used this. Anyway, so she crashed the car. He gives her the coordinates, the location of the jar in the backyard, and a shovel. Says, go dig this up. She goes and digs it up and she opens it up and she reads that she has been forgiven before she was even old enough to do the deal, <laughs> to do the deed. I forgive you for crashing the car. I mean, years before. Listen, you, you were forgiven before you were sinning. You were forgiven. The price of your sin and my sin was paid before we were born. Amazing, isn't it? Before I was even alive to do the deed, Jesus absorbed it on my behalf. And then he just turns around and asks us to extend as an act of love. Yes, it's risky, but it's an act of love to make the decision and engage the process of doing that for each other. So for some of you, right now is the moment that you need to receive the unexplainable grace of God and know that you're forgiven through Jesus Christ and you receive that right now. For others of you, that's not new information. You know that. But now you need to make a decision or engage the next step in the process of extending that same unexplainable grace to someone else. Because God forgave us long before we got here. Let us do this for each other. And we're going to celebrate this through experiencing and sharing communion together. Where we get to celebrate what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago when he absorbed the debt of our sin. And so what this means, this is a celebration. It's a tradition that we do that Jesus set into motion and asked us to continue. And we will pass trays with pieces of bread on it. And like Jesus said, represents his body that he sacrificed for the canceling of the dead of our sin. And so you take a piece of bread and you eat it in remembrance of what he did for us. And then we'll pass trays of juice that represent the blood of Jesus. And I know that for some of you that you're new to this, that may seem odd. And, and maybe even a little graphic. And, and that's to testify to the fact of how serious what Jesus did is for us. And we drink that to celebrate the fact that Jesus shed his blood to forgive and cancel the debt of our sin. So for those of you who are followers of Jesus, this is a time of celebration and remembering. And for those of you that have yet to receive the love of Jesus and put your trust in him as Savior, this is your moment. This is your moment. You can make that decision right now. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for what Jesus did for us. Father, I thank you for making it so crystal clear that love forgives. This act of risky love that you so clearly displayed for us when you gave your life for our sins. So may we as recipients of the unexplainable grace of God's forgiveness extend that to each other and make the decision and take the next step in the process. Father, as we celebrate what Jesus did for us, may it remind us just how much we've been forgiven and what love requires of us. As we celebrate your forgiveness, may we prepare for our own. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's share communion together.